are back. We are back. Welcome, everyone, to Match Point Number 9, a Tennis Bets podcast. I'm one of two co-hosts here, David E.J. Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9Tennis on X and all the socials. You can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts these days. Please do subscribe. If you're a first-time listener, chance starts how you found us. If you're a returning listener, a returning champion, welcome back. I'm based in California, and I'm tossing it to my main man in Canada, Mr. John Reed. You can find him at Jared Tweets Tennis. He does betting content for his own brand, Tidbits Tennis. He writes for the Action Network, betting expert. He does post-match analysis for the Tennis Forum ticker. John, welcome in. We only have a few more days left in Australia. It's like the NFL has three games left for this season. We have... I think three matches left in Australia and somehow the Australian swing feels as long as the NFL season at this point. Uh, but welcome in. Oh, thanks. Don't message me on Sunday. Anyone. Um, and if you see any tweets on the timeline about the Ravens and they're just absurdly in your face, it's because I'll be hammered. I can tell you that right now. Uh, yeah. Ravens Ravens are playing in at least one of those remaining three games. Definitely not playing in the, in the other in one of them. Definitely playing in the other and hopefully playing in the third. So I'm pretty excited. Good to see the team back where it belongs uh, deep into the playoffs. Um, But yeah, the Australian Open. Wow, what a ride. It's funny because just quickly before we get into the matches, I start the season horribly on public releases. Terrible. Across articles and what we had on the pod. But I'm crushing it personally. And, you know, you feel like an ass saying that, oh, well, it's easy to do that when you're not sharing the beds. Now it's like, got to come clean. This this week with the challenger stuff, oh, my gosh, you understand why some of these guys, Dave, are at the challenger level. Holy getting broken on quick courts when serving for the set or match. It is maddening. But I told myself, instead of tilting, let's just laugh at them for losing and losing all important points that can help their careers. Instead of being mad, just laugh at them. You know what I mean? It makes it a lot easier and you don't tilt as much. So, yes, you're an asshole, but at least you're not an angry asshole in that sense. Uh, but, yeah, terrible week for me. Uh, but the but the public releases are going better. So, I mean, no offense to everyone, but i kind of rather have the money myself. Uh, but it's just funny how that how that kind of works out is, as things will always even out, right? You're never going to stay that hot forever. You're never going to stay that cold on the other side forever. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been a fun couple of weeks. My cold is finally gone. I can taste food again for the first time in like four days. I can't complain. We're happy. We're ready for the Aussie Open semis. We're happy. We're fired up. Four matches left, including the women's final. So shout out to the to Sabalenka and oh, Jung. Uh, okay, John. Last time out, let's do a little recap. What do we win? What do we learn? Wins. How about we won. We Big won. John <laughs> with the big win? Alex Vare of Moneyline at plus. 400 versus Carlito Salcaraz. Clip that out. Post it on the timeline to give you some love, John. Mm-hmm. Solid cash. The over 36 and a half comes in for me in that one. Do you want to take a little victory lap here, John? Yeah. Uh, look, I actually told a couple of friends that were wanting to bet random Aussie Open tennis. And I was like, go small on Zvera Moneyline. And uh, one of my friends sent me a bet slip as a thank you with a $200 bet on it. And I was like, okay, well, uh, my half unit isn't even that much. So good for you, man. I think he was pretty drunk and just uh, threw some money down on it. So pretty happy that I was able to make at least some people money on that. I don't know how many people tailed on here. I think a lot of people probably played it safe with the plus games or plus sets. But like I said, don't be afraid to lose bets, man. Beautiful, beautiful win. We're going to get to another win in a second. That I'm pretty, pretty happy about at high odds. 
Uh, yes, the Hubie Hercash Medvedev set one tiebreaker. John tipped that comes in at plus 260. Is that the one you're oh. talking about? Yeah, and you know what? This is everyone talk, wants to talk about how CLV is important. Uh, in these two spots, because Varev closes plus 320 instead of plus 410. So, you know, like I said in that rant. You win the ticket either way, but if you bet, like, let's say $100, which is what most Americans tend to think a unit is instead of a percentage of bankroll, there's a difference, and CLV mattered. And if same thing with this tiebreak. If you bet it at plus 260, you made more money than if you bet it at plus 205. So I don't want to hear shit about CLV not mattering ever again, okay? All right, let's move. <laughs> well, we weren't totally clean, so let's move to the losses. Uh Taylor Fritz had two set points in the first set, uh, didn't take either, and the plus 300 loses, but I think a worthy chase. He was very uh, competitive in the first set and throughout the match, I thought. Good on Taylor. Uh, fought off a lot of great points to put himself in position to almost take that first set, because the second set, uh, I, I, I was very impressed with Taylor Fritz, uh, this Australian Open, less the first match. Um, Hubie Hercash set one money line. One break and the breaker <laughs> goes down. Awesome. Sweet. Wins the second set, wins the fourth set. Uh, Hubie Moneyline at plus 210. 3-3 three, three in the fifth set. Can't get over the line. Woof. Uh, but I I'm pretty happy with that bet overall. Um, and then I wanted to circle back. We don't have a lot of time today, but I did want to circle back to this because we missed it. But I had the Nuno Borges, Grigor Dimitrov under. Uh, two episodes ago, that did not come in. And I talked about Dimitrov murking uh, dust balls, which uh, now Nuno has uh, taken himself out of the dust ball category, <laughs> I would say, with this Australian swing. But, and I, I want to say, shout out to Tennis Master on the timeline. He had a tweet today about Arthur Cazo and people wanting to anoint King Arthur uh, moving forward and maybe overreacting to his swing. I actually think Nuno was a, a better candidate for people to overreact to because if you pull back the curtain on his run, gets the Fokina complete dump. Fokina was up two breaks in the first set, lost both those. He was up 5-1, I think, in the tight break and choked it. Um, and then Fokina was completely gone. Um, Dimitrov, we've talked about it on this podcast for like six weeks. He was due for a dud. Dud finally came. And then Medvedev just kind of like flakes out in the third set. We've seen that like multiple times in the U.S. Open in the slam before versus O'Connell and Baez. Um, so, but Nuno was great in that match, by the way. In the, in the Medvedev match, Nuno was awesome. Another thing, too, he ran really hot at the net. I don't think he's getting as many net points as he did in that Medvedev match uh, every time out. So... Yeah, I well, mean, if he, we're going to get he, soft Nuno numbers, I might be looking to, to fade him once again. But maybe we he, won't. I don't know. Did, what do you think? Go ahead, John. To his credit on the net, he spoke in his press conference about understanding that he he doesn't really drop shot that much. He doesn't come to net that much. But against Medvedev, it's something you have to do. Finally, a player who kind of recognizes it and then actually does it. Like, the whole tour knows how far back on the baseline he grinds from. So I'll credit him there. And you're right. He's not going to get that many net points. Cause I don't think he's going to try that against 99% of opponents. That is a kind of Medvedev specific tactic.
But I'm with you on this, actually. And I'm with Tennis Master. I don't know about the Kazo thing. I like Kazo's game a lot more. I've said it on a couple of Patreon episodes. I've said it here on the show. Even more than, I think, like a guy like Damian Kusht who had in the past. I'm like, I don't know if the, the, the serve and the natural offensive power is there yet. And I'm like, I, I feel like especially on quick courts, he can generate more than a lot of maybe what the tennis world sees. So I'm a little closer to being okay with Kazo. But I believe this puts Borges in the top 50. You know what this has the feel of? A guy who's got a decent, an improved, decent first serve that can find holds, even though he's not particularly powerful. And he's got decent solidity, but can make errors at points and nothing overwhelming from the baseline. It reminds me a lot of Borna Chorich. We're going to see, I can absolutely see Nuno making a run out of 250 six months from now and not winning a match until then. Right? Like, am I at the at tour level? And he may not go back down to the challenger level where he would dominate to his credit. He does beat a lot of guys he should, but is he going to go back down there now as a top 50 guy? Maybe the week after Indian Wells in Phoenix, because that's what everyone's going to do. But I don't know if he's going to go back down to the challenge level. I could see him having very, very Borna Chorich type, um, like streaky big event here and there once in a while, keep himself in that top 40, top 50, top 75 range, but but struggle to, to beat guys of that caliber week in, week out. Yeah, well, the books, you know, they totally don't respect Nuno, which is why I back him a lot because I do appreciate his game. Um, but maybe there'll be an overcorrection here off this hot AO swing. So let's take a look next time out with Mr. Borges. Um, all right, John, well, let's move into why we're here today. And that is to talk about the Australian Open men's semifinals. The day session is Yannick Sinner versus Novak Djokovic. First serves around 2.30 p.m. local time in Melbourne. Conditions appear to be not grueling, around 70 degrees, under 50% humidity, so pretty good, partly cloudy. Um, in this Sinner versus Djokovic head-to-head, Novak leads 4-2. Those two wins for Sinner coming in recent months on the indoor scene at the Turin Finals and in Davis Cup play. Uh, Djokovic avenged, avenged that loss at the finals in the actual final of the finals with a 6-3, 6-3 win versus Sinner. I think Sinner was kind of gassed. That was a, a big week for Sinner uh, there. Sinner uh, was also famously up two sets at Wimbledon versus Novak a couple years ago. Sinner hadn't had a lot of success on grass at that point either, and honestly not a ton to this day, really. Um, Djokovic, to get here, he had a little bit of a rockier path than last year in which he only dropped one set, but he gets through and four versus Fritz, who gave a good fight, like I mentioned, also dropped sets to Prismich and Poprin. Uh, Sinner has yet to drop a set, beating Bodic, De Jong, Sebi Baez, Seba Baez, uh, Karen Hachanov, and Andre Rublev. Pretty impressive. Uh, two big things for me in this matchup, John. Um, one is it's going to be up to him landing first serves. Uh, he's been above 60% every match, uh, but the Hachanov and Bodic matches, uh, but you can't be serving up a buffet of second serves to the world's greatest returner here. And the, the center and the center serve, we have seen improvement as team has really been working on it. Once again, something that is constantly tinkered with by his previous team and his current team. And it's paying dividends. I think uh, the other thing obviously is the fitness kind of a, Labored point uh, with Sinner, but uh, looked a little bothered during the second set of the Hachanov match. Had stomach issues in the Rublev match. Hey, one is straight sets in both those. Uh, but if those things hold, 
should be a nice competitive fight from Sinner, who has the complete game to put to push Novak. Uh, Sinner is plus one seventy as the dog. Novak is minus one ninety five as the favorite. Spread is three. Total at forty one here. John, what's your take on this one? I mean, I'm going to lean Djokovic minus three. If you're going to give me a minus three and a best of five, I'll I'll, pro- I'll I'll take it every time. Yes, he beat him twice late late season. I'd like to see him do it in the best of five kind of format. He didn't play much entering the event. He hasn't played much at the event. Those are both pluses. The weather or not for, for Sinner, that is. Um, and the weather not being too hot, also a plus for him. Still a little concerned by the path he's taken. That Like Rublev, kind of a rudimentary, very good player, if you will. I, I think you can see he's pretty much shown over and over again that his ceiling is going to be somewhere in that five to eight range. His floor is probably also going to be in that 10, 11 range though. He's just very good, tons of firepower, but a pretty, a pretty straightforward game. Uh, and that's not always going to take you to the top center, obviously more well-rounded has that elite power, probably one of the best hitters from the baseline in the, in, in the world. But I mean, you're taking him outdoors again. Yes. Yes. It's not going to be hot, but he has shown a little bit, of that kind of physical let up in the last two matches hasn't had a ton of time on court. Thanks to a relatively easy path. Let's face it. Hard was bad against Mahach. Surprisingly passive. He did not look very good against Sinner. I think he had like a little threatening spell, but for the most part, Sinner was in control of that match really from start to finish. I don't think there was ever a time you're like, Oh, Sinner might lose this. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, and so I'm not sure he's been obviously tested as much as someone like Novak will. And I'm not sold yet on him beating Novak in a best of five outdoors as opposed to a couple times best of three indoors, especially with potential stomach issues against Rublev, maybe a little physical let up a bit against Hachanov before taking back over. If I'm going to, if you're going to let me lay a minus three here, that's, that could be as simple as a one break of serve margin of victory when all is said and done, uh, depending on how the score lines play out. And to me over a best of five, match Djokovic is still yes as good as Sinner is and as as much as Djokovic is aging he's still a break to two breaks better on an, on an outdoor hard court in a best of five match against Yannick Sinner if you want to lay the three you might want to snatch it up because it's up to minus 125 on Bovada it's already at three and a half on bet online um so do it quickly now we both have Sinner outright in pocket here are, are you hedging with the three i think i'm going to hedge out on this one and probably the next one we'll get to as well um but at minus 195 does make it a taller task uh to to hedge out and monetize my ticket would you do it with the three or what's what how, how would you hedge out if if, if that's your what your your course of action is here i'm just gonna play i'm honest i'm just gonna play the three as its own bet um you get kind of polish middle you get polish middle it's that it is what it is but i do like uh the the well i guess it's three and a half now i still like it up to four uh honestly on the spread and even then it, it's the four and a half that really scares me that's where it starts to get a little tricky for me the four not great but but workable and the three and the three and three and a half are, are plays for me uh, with djokovic so yeah, it's not even it's not even so much of a hedge. I uh, I think that if like I said, if I lose both and Djokovic wins in five, great, I get a great match to watch at ten thirty tonight, uh, and I'll be up late and I'll enjoy the match 
as a fan, and that'll be kind of my reward <laughs> while I lose two bets out of two. But no, I'm not going to be looking to to hedge or 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 monetize that that center ticket. There's certainly not value in doubling down on them, which is nice to see, at least in my mind. The total of 41, I think, is interesting because I feel like that could fail really easily. Uh, one, I think center needs to win and four if he's going to win this. Uh, and I also think Novak could win in three pretty easy. <laughs> so I, I'm cautious of an over 41 play here, although I do think they could play four competitive sets and get to a fifth. Definitely think that's in the range of outcome, but ticked up to 41. I would lead under 41 here. Um, I do want to run it back with my two plus tie breaks in a match plus 325 this time around it's ticked up because these guys aren't you know serve bots but they kind of are i mean they both have pretty good first serves i think some tie breaks at least one tie break i think is in play here um what they have the set one at nine and a half Yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 passing. Um I'm gonna just ride my center out right here in this one and play the some of the match specials here, the two plus tie breaks. We'll throw a little on that. Hopefully my center outright gets through at plus eight hundred. Okay, John. The night session. Daniil Medvedev is taking on Alex Zverev. For the 19th time, the world demanded that they played 19 times because it's such a scintillating matchup that everyone loves. Uh, Medvedev is bringing in an 11 and 7 record, uh, but these guys played six times last year and Med went five and one. The one was in quick conditions of Cincinnati, so that's you know good for Zverev. Uh, but Med even snagged two clay wins versus Zverev in Rome and Monte Carlo. Uh, which you can file under not great for the German. Uh, Zverev got through Alcaraz by landing 85% first serves in his uh, upset victory. Uh, and I think it's going to take that type of effort here once again versus Medvedev. Uh, and you need a double fault contest as well, which Med has been more than willing to give up. Uh, Zverev needed two super breakers versus Nori and Klein to get here before tossing out Alcaraz in four. Medvedev was on the brink versus Rusevori before storming back from two sets down. Randomly dropped the first set to Atman and the third to Nuno. So moments of uh, brilliance and confusion uh, for Medvedev throughout this tournament. And I think I have to lean Medvedev pretty heavily once again in this matchup. The Zverev is plus 122 now as the dog. Medvedev is minus 138. Moneyline favorite. Spread is two. 41 and a half total here. I will definitely be on the Medvedev money line, hedging out, monetizing my 10 to 1 final ticket on Zverev. Thank you. Put her on the board. John, what do you think about this matchup? So this was this was the tough part. First of all, we knew about that ten to one, right? The you basically could have free rolled if you got the best price against Alcaraz and you get the plus money here. You could have free rolled his first four rounds 
and then just got on money line and then money line again rolled it over and you would have been over 10 to 1 with these two matches uh for for Sasha that's the tough part you don't know if Medvedev and Alcaraz are going to get there but you're pretty sure uh people are going to have a tough time taking them out but well I didn't I'm know Zver- sorry on- I didn't know Zverev was going to be 4 to 1 versus Alcaraz that as that, well, I was. That, that's the thing. That was that was ridiculous. He closed proven to be the wrong still. price. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. Is like, if that ten to one was going to get there, you know how much the market loves their their Alcaraz stuff. That it was just going to be, it was going to be probably going to get. And then like that was that's with free rolling your first four rounds. You could have just not bet him for four rounds, bet the quarter, bet the semi, and still beat the ten to one. That's how crazy the Alcaraz price was, um, in that regard. But in this one, I'll be on Zverev because look. The, the clay court losses, while random, um, Zverev has looked a lot better this year at the United Cup out of the Australian Open than he did almost all of last year. We talked about the winning ugly in 2023. It hasn't, he's been, he's looked a lot better in a lot of his matches. I don't care that Lucas Klein pushed him to a fifth set super breaker because uh, Lucas Klein hit 80 something winners that night and plays a big power game. Huge serve, huge foreign, comes to net a ton, or at least that night he came to net a ton. None of those things Medvedev does other than the big serve. Okay, he doesn't have big aggressive ground strokes. He doesn't really come to net all that much. It's a totally relevant matchup. I don't care about Lucas Klein pushing Zverev on a peak red line day. I also don't mind the five to one last year. I think you pointed it out, and it's something I, I mentioned in the write up as well. The one time in my write up, I think it's for I'll have it out. Action, I'll have it out later today. But the one time he beat him last year was in Cincinnati, the most comparable match they played, if of any to here in Australia. I believe one was was in Indian Wells or Miami. Either way, he was on the brink, or maybe both. He had Medvedev on the ropes twice and kind of let him off the hook. I think once was Monte Carlo. The other one was Indian Wells. So, yeah, it was 5-1. to one, Required a couple Zverev chokes in there to make sure it wasn't 3-3. Again, I'm not worried about that. Matchup-wise, these guys both have huge serves. These guys both have stamina. They can play long, grind out, grinded out matches. They both have... Great rally tolerance. Zverev has the much, much better backhand. And he has looked better in his United Cup and Australian Open runs so far in a small sample in 2024 than Medvedev has so far at the Australian Open. To me, this is, even at plus 125, which is still hanging out there at Pinnacle, this is still too much. Um, it, it, it is as close to a coin, it is much closer to a coin flip. If you want to say Medvedev has a better track record on hard courts, likes quicker courts a little bit more, Sure, fine. Maybe it's 50, 52, 48, 51. But it's but to me, I don't I don't have um Zverev as he was plus 140 last night, and that's where I bet him because I thought that that was a really nice price. But I don't have him, he's at 44% right now, still at Pinnacle. I do not have this 56 44. It is a very, very tight matchup, regardless of the result. The matchup is tight, the Skill level is tight. Ranking is tight. Whatever you want to measure here, I just don't see a blowout either way. Of as you know, he says that as the blow will happen now. But uh, I, I'm content going ahead and taking the plus money in this spot. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Medvedev is Zverev's daddy, and this is also a classic peak Zverev against Alcaraz turn around and completely dump spot. Uh, so I. Not only am I hedging out just to like make sure I win money, but, but I do lean Medvedev in this matchup. This is a classic Zverev full uh, head back in the turtle shell uh, spot to me. Um, but we'll, we, we'll, we'll see. Now, wh- wh- I'm looking at the match specials, which are pretty good. There's a ton of them. 
So I do want to spend one minute and one that I really like, even though it looks like Zverev only had one double fault uh, against Alcaraz, which he needed. But both players deserve three plus double faults minus 145. Uh, that's a lock. I, don't, I never say that. Both of these guys are going to hit three double faults in this matchup, I think. Um, or at least it should be like minus 180. Because um, I think that's a very likely thing to happen. Um, in fact, I'm going to bet that right now. Yeah, I think the only way you're taking the no there is if you believe this is a straight sets match. And it's like a 4-3-4 four, four type match. Because the more games you have, like the longer, the more sets you have and the more games you have, more points you have. And then it's just a, a percentage game, right? Like then double faults are going to occur <laughs> the, the longer you play. So uh, I would I would venture that, yeah, if, if you think this is going to be a long match, you you kind of like, you have to like that uh, that three plus each. What about, what's the set one tiebreak at? Do you have that up, John? Uh, I'm pulling it up now. Oh, there's also Medvedev to win in a tie break in the match at plus 150. Uh, not sure about that. Two plus tie breaks, plus 275. So, talked about that in the last matchup. Uh, so, see, that's ticked down a bit. There's There's a plus 250. For the uh, first set tiebreak, plus two fifty two at Pinnacle, plus two fifty bet three six five, plus two thirty uh, unit bet. So, I mean, worst worst price you should be taking is plus two thirty. Not just not necessarily from a value perspective, but from a there are too many numbers better out there that you should not need to settle for anything under plus two thirty. And if you do have to, you need to open more outs. You need to go open some more accounts at different sports books and make sure you're you're line shopping. What do you think about, I mean, that, we needed a, a break back from Hubie set one last time. But yeah. <laughs> I, I love those. I love those. They make up for the f uh, six, six, five guy serving at five, six, uh, getting broken. They make up for those for sure. Um, when you get the, the break and re-break uh, to get to six all, but I don't know. I'm a little more neutral on this than I was with Hubie just because I do think Sasha's a better returner. I think he's also prone to a few more duds on, on serve and and it just makes breaks of serve a bit more commonplace and when if they're going to be a bit more commonplace it's obviously duh, harder to end up uh reaching a tie break so i think i'm going to pass on that especially because i was getting you know the plus 260 with Herkoc versus medvedev and when sash is a little more vulnerable on serve and a little bit better of a returner and i i don't get even at the same price doesn't make sense for me to 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 go and take something like that all right well i'm leaning medvedev i'm mostly driving fully down narrative street in my analysis here uh, but uh, kind of did that with rude versus zverev in the uh, semis of the french open and that was a no sweat win <laughs> so um i feel i feel like i'm i have some evidence to to back me up now uh, I want to say too that uh, three plus double faults bet was on Bovada. Uh, so if you don't have Bovada, check your book because I, I imagine there's a lot of uh, different match specials that uh, 
you can find on, on the various apps. Um, all right, John, we've said it all. Follow John at Jared Tweets Tennis, at Tibbetts Tennis. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. Do like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We will be back for the final. Until next time, see you in the court.